Amen. It will take courage to exert self-control God's way in a nation that loves to be in self-control of our way. Welcome back to Recourage, a program dedicated to recouraging manhood as we let God's word pierce through our fear and strengthen our faith. I'm your host, Scott Bryant, the director of Journey Up Ministries and lead climber of my amazing family. Thank you for joining me today on this dangerous but eternally satisfying journey up. Today, I want to take a time just to notice that you and I are raising families or maybe even our grandchildren in a time where they are going to wake up to Good Morning America and they're going to see 11-year-old person walk across the stage and be applauded as this, you're not sure whether you should refer to them as a boy or a girl, says, in their, as they're dressed up as a drag queen, my one big message to you today would be, be yourself always. It makes me feel amazing and self-expressive. And you see that everyone applauds this 11-year-old child that is embracing a immoral path without having any concept of what's ahead of, of him or her. It's knowing that we are seeing that and we're going, good job. That young person is in control. That parent must be a loving parent to allow their child to exert such wonderful self-control. You see, as I thought about the word self-control, at first, I thought, well, our world doesn't like self-control. But then I realized, no, it really comes down to how you define it. Self-control is something everybody loves. We love to be in control. And so you have to define, well, what do you mean by self-control? I would give to you that the Word of God tells us that there's no such thing as self-control by self. You're either going to exert a self-control that is a fruit of the Holy Spirit, as we see there in Galatians, or you're going to exert a self-control that is under the control of the unholy spirit, the fruit of the evil one, the thief that wants to come along and steal and kill and destroy your manhood today. Men, you're gonna, it's going to take courage to step up and, and to be a man that says, you know, I want the fruit of the Holy Spirit to come into my life and I need holy self-control in my mind, in my heart, in my home. So how do we do that? Well, I, I want us to, first of all, make sure we really understand the stakes are very high if we don't embrace the fruit of holy self-control. We're not only going to see in our, across the country today, we see the, the Texas father who's uh, dealing with his custody battle of, with, with his wife. Of, of, they look back at their six-year-old son now who's trying to identify as a girl and he's in danger. The father is actually in danger of losing custody of his child because he's being accused of having abusive behavior toward his son because he won't embrace what his wife is embracing of saying that his child needs to be able to, 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 to transition into whatever gender he or she would like. You, you see, that's, that's what we're dealing with today. We see that the, the, the serial murderer who is uh, arraigned and, and he's confessing now of up to 90 murders. H how do you get to that place of de depravity? Well, it's as simple as this. Wickedness is ever increasing. The Bible tells us you don't just scoop a few coals into your lap and, and deal with just a few scars and go, you know, I can handle a little bit of sin in my life, a little bit of unholy self-control. 
The scripture tells us that if we bring that type of unholy self-control into our life, it will literally burn down our house and any house next to it. That's what you see there with the New Jersey man who actually burned, killed his brother, his wife and his children, and then burned down his house because he, they were having financial issues in their business that him and his brother ran. That type of wickedness that could do such that type of thing, that's demonic. That's Satan doing what he does best, stealing, killing, and destroying manhood in our homes today. Men, I want to encourage you, be a man that comes along to Proverbs 29 and listens to it and embraces its truths. Listen to what it says. Discipline your son and he will give you peace. He will bring delight to your soul. Right there, that first part. You don't get to the second part I'm going to read here if you don't do the first part, discipline. We live in a world today that hates discipline. Well, let's back up. We hate the idea of biblical discipline in the home. We wait until they grow up and have to be disciplined by the criminal justice system. That's what kind of spanking our, our culture loves. We don't agree with biblical spanking in the home when they're a child. We wait and say, well, let's let the police officer, let's let the judge spank them later on with a sentence. No, we, we don't discipline our sons today. But he says, if you'll, if you'll do that, you discipline your son, he'll give you peace, he'll bring delight to your soul. Here's a second part. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law. Let's talk, let's talk about that word there of restraint for a moment. When I think of the word restraint, I think of the person in the back seat of the squad car, handcuffed, restrained against their will. They didn't restrain their actions before. They got into the bar fight, and now they're restrained by the consequences of their choice. Do you understand our world believes in restraint? just not biblical restraint. Restraint can be defined this way. The holding back of actions, emotions, or forces, whether one's own or another's. Through Scripture, we see that God restrains the power and extent of evil in the world, and he even restrains his righteous anger. God is a restraining God, and he asks us to be restraining believers, those who would let his holy self-control come into our lives and restrain the forest fires from burning down our house. It's like, you know, I look at the guy today that says, you know, I'm not gonna restrain what comes into my eyes or into my mind. I'm an adult. I'm a man. I can feast on wickedness and, and I'm gonna be able to restrain it from burning down my house. There has not been one man in history well, let's back up. There's been one man, his name was Jesus, who was able to restrain all passions. He was the son of God. Every other man, you and I, we will not be able to restrain these unholy, wicked passions from destroying our family, from destroying our nation, unless the Holy Spirit is free to take root and bear fruit of self-control in our homes. Men, be a courageous man who restrains your words. I'm honestly very disappointed. And I, as I spend time with uh, Christian men, even Christian pastors, and I'll, I'll hear the types of words that will come out of their mouth. Now let me back up and say, huh, just ask my children if all my words that come out of my mouth are holy all the time. I'll be the first one to say they aren't. But I desire to. I'm seeking to have a, a holy speech. Let the Holy Spirit give me the courage to do what James 1 Verse 26 says, where he says, anyone 
who considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue deceives himself and his religion is worthless. Men, James is telling us right there, don't even waste your time getting your family out of bed on Sunday morning and driving the minivan to church and putting them in class and putting them in front of the pastor. That's a worthless religion if you're not restraining your own tongue. Now here's the, let's go back. You can't restrain your own tongue on your own strength. You need the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit. I can tell you already this morning around the breakfast table, as we have grumpiness and, and attitudes coming to the table, <clears throat> not just in my own children, but in me. I need the work of the Holy Spirit helping me. You need the work of the Holy Spirit in your life to help you restrain your own tongue. If we don't have Christian leaders in the home, Christian leaders in the pulpit who are willing to restrain their words, that our words would be more and more holy. It seems like one of the going trends is to see how unholy you can be in your speech as a Christian man or a Christian leader without stepping over the line. We want to be as hip and as cool as we can be without um, stepping over that bad line, but so we can still appeal to the culture around us. Men, that's not courage. Courage is to let the Holy Spirit allow you to be holy as he is holy, knowing we'll fall short. There'll be times where terrible words come out of our mouths, but we're not saved by our own strength. God's grace is right there, but let that rope of grace encourage you to climb higher, not sin more. We've got to restrain our words, men. Be a man who lets the Holy Spirit come into your life and restrain what types of words are spoken in your home, are spoken at work, on the phone, wherever you go. But let's get to the next point. We've got to restrain our bodies. Restrain your body with the Holy Spirit's help, allowing that fruit of self-control to come in to how you would practice 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 4. And here's we're told what God's will is. It is God's will, men, that you and I should be sanctified. How's that work? Here it is. He gets very practical real quick. He knew how they would be tempted in the first century, and he knows how we're tempted in the 21st century. Here's how sanctification works. That you should avoid sexual immorality. What? Our world says, no, that's not the self-control we're talking about. We want to find sexual immorality. In fact, it's not immoral for me to do whatever I want with whoever I want. It's moral. The only thing that's immoral is if you stand in my way and tell me not to do it. He says, no, that's not God's will. That's man's will. God's will is that you should be sanctified, avoid sexual morality, that each of you should learn to control his own body in a way that's holy and honorable. Think about that. What would that look like if we had men today in their heart, in their home, in their church who were learning how to control their body in a holy and honorable way? Men, again, you can't do that on your own. You need the Holy Spirit's work in your life. He gives us the contrast of the man who isn't doing that in the next verse. He says, not in passionate lust like the heathen who do not know God. You see, men, let's just be honest. Whenever we don't allow God to take our thoughts captive, in that moment, we are like the heathen. We are in a passionate lust. And you might think, well, where did that passionate lust come from? Well, here's the interesting part. God created you with passion. 
a passion that will either be controlled by his Holy Spirit and bring great life, or that passion will be controlled by the unholy spirit and bring great death. Men, we need the work of the Holy Spirit to help us restrain our bodies. We look across the world today and we see men and women who are not restraining their bodies. And it's creating great confusion and chaos in the next generation. And so now the message the culture is being given, our children are saying, oh, we get it. We see that our, our parents grew up in the 60s or the 70s or the 80s and they didn't restrain their bodies. And you know what? We're gonna see how we can outdo that. And we're gonna do it even better. We're gonna take technology that they didn't have before and we're gonna go to a whole different level of virtual immorality. And men, you and I know right now, even the very medium we're using of podcasting, of the internet, of the smartphone, that smartphone in your hand can be the most sinful tool at our disposal if a man is not exerting restraint in his life. The Holy Spirit coming in and giving you courage for that journey. As I look back over the 25 years of marriage that Kimberly and I have experienced together, I can look at moments where I, through the power of the Holy Spirit, was able to protect my family from the fires of evil because I obeyed. And I sadly can also see times where I did not protect my family from those fires. You see, every time we don't take sin seriously, it seriously takes us. And now we might not be that guy on the news this morning that is being arrested because he uh, has killed 90 people. That might not be us outwardly, but we have sinned that many times and more in our own mind. And make no mistake, God cannot be deceived. God, God says a man reaps what he sows. If you sow to the sinful nature for a few moments, you'll reap from it. Men, our, our sons, our daughters, our granddaughters, our grandsons, they need to see men who have courage to exert self-control in the 21st century in a world that says, no, use self-control for everything but holy control. Use it for your benefit. Nope, today on, the, on this broadcast, we say no. As for me and my heart, as for me and my house, by God's grace, we will serve the Lord. Man, I pray that this recourages your heart to stand firm against the evil that is blowing. Here in the, up in the mountains where we are right now, the wind gusts can come across the, the valley with tremendous force. In fact, you can hear it coming. And when it hits the window, it's so strong, you're wondering, is it going to break it? And men, the reality is there are forces coming against your home right now. They're not going to get less. They're going to get more. The question is, will they break it? And if the Holy Spirit is not protecting your heart and home, it's only a matter of time. Today, crawl up in the arms of Almighty God and let His Holy Spirit give you the courage to exert self-control and restraint in this ungodly world. Men, thank you for joining me today. I pray you've been re-encouraged to journey up by faith in your heart and in your home today. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.